1: You're listening to The Chris and Joe Show, presented to you by SB Nation and Big Blue View. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Flum. As always, and immediately after the New York Giants fell to the Chicago Bears, like we always do, we are going to be giving you our quick reactions, our quick takes in a short, abbreviated show. And Giants, like I said, lost to the Chicago Bears, 19-14. to in a game that they hung around in for a very, very long time, but inevitably lost on a fourth down that ended the final drive that could have been a game-winning one. So they're now 2-9 and nine on the year, and a seven-game losing streak has continued throughout 2019. You could say that the special teams gaffes, the issues with a bad snap on a field goal, and then another missed field goal really held back the Giants today. We completely agree with you if you are saying that, and we're going to take some time to break that down on the Tuesday show after we get to take a look at the film, but to keep things simple and how we usually do, we're going to give you the positives and the negatives from today's game, first one being the incredible throw on 4th and 18 by Daniel Jones. It was a heavily pressured throw by him. He He was nearly being taken to the ground, and he was able to find Golden Tate in the middle of the back of the end zone.
2: That was pretty much the highlight of the game for the Giants. I I believe that was their longest play of the game. It gave them hope. It put them in position to win. Jones was able to throw in the face of a Bears blitz. Like you said, he was heavily pressured. He was completely unable to step into that throw. It's probably a good thing that he wasn't, because then the ball might have carried Golden Tate out of the back of the end zone. From the Bears' perspective, I'm not sure... How they let Tate get behind him in that situation or behind them in that situation. That's something I think everybody's going to have to go back and look at the all 22, see what worked for the Giants, what didn't work for the Bears. But that was at least one bright spot Giants can hang their hats on for the game.
1: Yeah, overall, Daniel Jones didn't have a crazy big performance. He did only throw for 200, or he threw for under 200 yards, only around 150, and the two touchdowns that he had. But I think some people are forgetting how good that Bears defense was. They might have been four and six coming into the game. Now five and six after they got the win. They might not have been a good football team, but it was not because of their defense. So they might not have, the Giants might not have had this crazy offensive performance, and Daniel Jones might not have looked perfect. But things like that against a really good defense, just very promising. I, you know, I tweeted out after that play that. Seeing Daniel Jones do things like that just makes me really excited to see what's going to come in the future. Once they actually fill out the offensive line and clean things up offensively, who knows how high the ceiling could be for him. I'm going to continue to stay optimistic. There's still a lot of issues that need to be worked out, but we'll eventually be able to see if he'll be able to take that next step in the coming years.
2: Yeah, for now, the bright spots are great. Going forward, Got to take that next step. But again, that's for that's for the offseason. That's for next year.
1: Yeah, accumulate as many of those bright spots as you can and then make sure to build off of them and eliminate the negatives that we've seen from Daniel Jones. The other positive that we had here is a pick by Julian Love. And this is very good news to discuss because we have been talking about how we want to see more of Julian Love and some of these other rookies That were drafted, that were expected to contribute and weren't really getting on the field much. So Julian Love gets significantly more snaps than he has been earlier in the year. And he's able to make a good play, a good read on the ball on a poorly thrown ball by Mitchell Trubisky. And he's able to snag it for an interception. So heck of a play by Julian Love.
2: I will say that was more of a just terrible throw and decision by Mitchell Trubisky. And for me, the bright spot was actually seeing Love out on the field playing defense. Which is something we have been wanting to see, hoping to see, waiting to see for basically the entire season. I think pretty much everyone thought, at least the people who saw him play in college, thought the Giants caught a steal in Julian Love when they were able to get him on the third day of the draft. But then we just haven't seen him as they've tried to transition him to safety. Now getting him out there, getting seeing him field that interception almost like it was a punt, pick up some positive yardage, and Really, just having him out there on the field, on defense, was great.
1: Yeah, it was great to finally have him on the field, and the the fact that he was able to go make a potentially game-changing play is a positive. It's, It's worth noting and pointing out because he was able to do that. The final positive we have is the run defense being very strong on the edges. There are a couple notable plays in which they were able to stop some runs in the backfield, The one that comes to mind is the one that Marcus Golden had where he was able to come completely free and evade a pulling guard and make a play on a a third and short. So good performance on the edge and in the contain by the Giants' run defense.
2: Yeah, the thing that stood out to me about the Giants' defense just consistently from the beginning of the game to the end was their ability to set edges in the run game. They were consistently, whether it was a pitch play, a sweep... A toss anything like that outside runs they were consistently stringing those out and giving Montgomery and Cohen just nowhere to go with the ball
1: yeah the Bears have two of the more shiftier running backs in the NFL so being able to impede their progress from getting any further than the line of scrimmage on those space type plays is is really good to see you would hope with the amount of investment that the Giants have had in the defensive line in the amount of guys that they've brought in, you would hope that things like that are routine and easy to come by. But in this situation, it looked really good during the day, was not a deciding factor, but still was a good bright spot for the defense. Up next, we're going to talk about the negatives from this game. And like any losing game we've had over the past seven losing games, we have negatives that we are going to have to discuss here. But before we do that, we're going to take a very short commercial break. So up next now with our negatives, the first thing that really came to mind is that the early down play calling was a significant issue for the Giants. Pat Shermer's play calling was a little bit better than we've seen in some games, but it just seemed like not a lot of yards were being generated on first and second down, leading to some third and five or longer. That was starting to come towards the end of the second quarter, and it really showed up in the third quarter you can't really establish a type of a rhythm with your offense if it's coming down to a third and in, in medium or third and long. It's just it's not possible for an offense to move efficiently like that.
2: No, and th- that was one of the problems we noted fairly consistently early in the season when the Giants were consistently struggling to pick up third downs. Is they weren't putting themselves in good positions to convert those third downs, pick up first downs. I did like some of the play calling. Pat Schirmer had, especially in the first quarter, like the first quarter and, the, and half of the game, I thought was one of his best called games. Some some of his best sequences we've seen since I don't since maybe the Tampa Bay game. But then the Giants seemed to revert back into their bad habits as you know, pressure mounted. The game wore on, and it got so they had to make yards, so they relied on plays that were a little too easy for the Bears to sniff out.
1: There were a couple plays that I really noticed that I feel like Shermer was not calling or being willing to call earlier on in the season. Maybe they showed up at some point, and I just can't really recall off the top of my head, but you know, thinking of the touchdown pass that they had to Caden Smith, we didn't really see a ton of that in the red zone. It it led to a, a wide-open player with an opportunity to score a touchdown because he he, he came pretty... Parallel and even with the line of scrimmage and was completely untouched by the Bears defense They didn't even see him. They didn't even know where he was. So that was smart. That was creative It was different from the the typical things we were seeing in the red zone In addition to that uh, the the play where Saquon Barkley dropped a wide-open ball that he could have turned into a a 20 to a 30-yard gain That was I thought relatively creative because we haven't seen a specifically designed wheel route to get the ball right to Saquon Barkley Maybe they're less willing to do it because he is hurt. But things like that were looking good. But towards the middle of the game, they were reverting back to what they always do, which is running on second and long or sticking with those plays that are very, very predictable besides running on second and long. So a lot of those things just made it so easy for an already good and well-coached defense to take advantage of them.
2: Yeah, and yeah, I don't think the reluctance to call wheel routes has, to do, has anything to do with Barkley's injury because they didn't call them last year when he was healthy and tearing up pretty much every defense the NFL put in front of him. For some reason, Pat Shermer, the Giants just do not like calling wheel routes. I, I don't know why, but I think it's a thing they need to get over.
1: Yeah, definitely considering how wide open Barkley was, and it was it was almost a, a pick play, the, the way that they schemed everyone to go towards the right and then leave a wide open lane for the most athletic guy on your team. So they should try and do similar things going forward. It was an easy opportunity for Saquon to pick up some serious yards, and I think it would have given him a, a good, consistent rhythm and got him out of his own head if he was able to pick up uh, a huge gain on that play. But we didn't see anything like that until the very end of the game when he had that nice rush on the uh, scoring drive, the final scoring drive by the Giants. Final thing, and it's something that we always have to talk about every single week, is ball security. So there was a another fumble on a strip sack by the Bears on Daniel Jones, and then there was an almost strip sack again by Khalil Mack, but the ball was able to get out just a hair early enough that it wasn't. So overall ball security just continues to be an issue, and it's something that we can always continue to agree on that needs to be fixed.
2: Yeah, definitely. And it seems as though a lot of these strip sacks, almost strip sacks, where Jones's arm is moving forwards and it's just enough to get the ball out so it can be called a pass and not a fumble, it seems a lot of those are coming as he makes the decision to throw As defenders are in his lap, they're pushing linemen back or they're closing in from the sides. Just that general pocket awareness is something we have seen from him going back to the preseason and more than anything, I think that has to be his emphasis on improvement going forward through the remainder of this season and then into the the offseason.
1: Yeah, I think that that's one thing that everyone has been saying this whole season, and it is obviously starting to get redundant that we keep saying it, but if he eliminates those turnovers and and giving up the ball that easily, and you you can obviously point the finger in most occasions to the offensive line for allowing free oncoming defenders coming at him, but if he's able to lock the ball down and just take the sack or get the ball out quickly and be decisive and make a decision – If he's able to eliminate eliminate that, you'd almost wonder, would would the Giants be in these games closer? Would the Giants be more consistent on offense if they didn't have plays like that? So it does have to be something that needs to be cleaned up on and, and worked on. Yeah,
2: and I do think they would be a lot closer or there would be games that they are in where they are maybe not winning, but a lot closer for a lot longer and not have to try to make desperate comebacks at the end. I find myself referencing Brian Billick's toxic differential quite a bit lately, because I think it's, I'm not sure if it's a predictive ability as a stat, but I do think it is a pretty good descriptor as to why some teams win and some teams lose. And the Giants have been getting hit hard by both sides of that differential. They give up the ball a lot. And they tend to give up a lot of big plays, which we saw this game with the Bears targeting Corey Valentine in coverage. So those are just things they're going to have to work on. They're going to have to really hope their young players figure out and kind of get past as they go through their maturation process, just through the end of this season, through the off season, and just beyond.
1: Yeah, and I also think you could make the argument, too, that more people would be Discussing Daniel Jones as a potential Rookie of the Year candidate if, if he didn't have as many turnovers as he did, but it, it's it's his performance this season is really stained by the amount of times that he's fumbled it and thrown interceptions. Luckily, the past two weeks, he's cleaned up his, his interceptions, and maybe some of those close plays didn't really go in favor of the opposing team as they were earlier in the year. Still, he's been able to clean that stuff up. Now, if he's just able to eliminate fumbling the ball as much as he is, he can keep Improving and getting better because right now he's on relative pace for over 2,500 yards and over 20 touchdowns. If he can, if he if he has continuing that pace and he didn't have as many turnovers, it might be a different discussion of who is you know a standout rookie of the year candidate. But that's not the case because of how much he's giving the ball up to the other team. All right, that's going to be it from us, folks. Thank you for tuning in. As always, it is not great to be discussing the. Issues that the Giants are dealing with after yet another loss, seven in a row now. We'll be diving into the special teams and also some other things that we noticed from the tape on Tuesday, as we typically do. Be sure to be on the lookout for that show, but also make sure you rate, subscribe, and review wherever you're listening to us. In addition to that, follow us on social media, at View. Follow me, at Joe DeLeon, D-E-L-E-O-N-E. And also follow Chris, at Raptor, M-K-I-I.